Hey, you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk podcast. We help you build a thriving creative practice. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. You can stay up to date with all things Creative Pep Talk by following me on Instagram at Andy J. Pizza. Let's get into today's episode. I really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new fluid engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it. Got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him like, you should go check it out. You're gonna be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was gonna tell you about this new site anyway. Go check it out, anyjpizza.com if you wanna see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you, where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Ushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. You know, there were so many times in my early creative practice where I was showing up and making stuff and putting it up online and and getting it out there into the world. And it just felt like it wasn't doing anything. And looking back, there are a lot of seasons like that where it just felt like, does any of this matter? And now I know that they had these massive payoffs in all these different ways that I couldn't have seen coming that just required me continually showing up. And so this episode is for you if you are just really dying in the trenches, making stuff, and just feeling like your efforts are not equaling your results. There's a few focus shifts that I want you to make that can totally turn that around. That's what this episode's about. Do you ever feel like deleting all of your social media accounts? <laughs> because I sure do. Uh, you know, I there are times in my creative practice when on one hand, I can see myself hurtling forward, giving it everything I've got, taking action and and making some moves. But then on the other hand, seeing no movement 
in my results. So the effort is action-packed, but the results are static. Do you ever feel like that? You're posting, you're making, you're doing stuff, you're, you're moving it forward, man, but you're stuck looking at that follower count and it is not budging. Do you ever feel like that? It's enough to make you sick. It, it makes you want to abandon ship and give up and move out into the woods and just start a nice little whittling practice and just make stuff for the squirrels. Yeah, the squirrels will get you, right? If they could follow you on Instagram, the, the squirrels would follow you. <sighs> I, okay, I might sound like I've lost it. I've, I'm, I've gone sick, sick in the head here. And, and, and it is enough to make you feel sick when you have, on one hand, all this action. And on the other hand, nothing but fixed, static, stuckness, right? And I have a word for this, a new word that I'm going to coin here today. I'm going to call this sickness, this feeling of when you want to abandon ship and delete all your accounts. Let's call that emotion sickness. I'm not talking about Phoebe Bridgers and, you know, emotional <laughs> motion sickness. I'm talking about emotion like email electronic motion sickness do you know what causes actual motion sickness actual motion sickness is caused by your senses not being in sync it's when one part of you is sensing that you're moving and another part of you is sensing that you're static and there's something about this contradiction that makes you feel ill. And it's why people want to jump overboard. It's when your ears can feel, we're moving, so stuff's going on, but your eyes are fixed on a book or a screen or something that isn't moving, right? And so the temptation when you have this contradiction when one part of you is, is definitely moving and then the other part of you is like, we're definitely not. The temptation is to abandon ship and just escape. But if you've ever had real motion sickness, you know that there's a simpler solution. The solution isn't to escape. The solution is to get calibrated by focusing on the right things. If you have car sickness, you got to look up from the phone. You got to look up from the book and sync your body with the fact that you are in fact moving forward. And the same is true with your creative practice online and in real life, that you are focusing on the wrong things. There are platforms right now where if you are focused on pushing that follower count up, you are going to be discouraged and miss the fact that you're actually potentially crushing it in ways that are much more important. And if you will focus on the right things, you will see this electronic motion sickness dissipate and you will be emboldened with energy to actually keep going. That's what we're going to talk about in today's episode.
So this episode is about focus shifting. So there's three shifts and focus that I want you to make that will help calibrate your efforts with your results so you're seeing them equal each other and seeing them be worthwhile so that you can keep showing up and, and connecting and building a thriving creative practice. The first focus shift that I want you to make is I want you to shift your primary focus away from new followers to serving your true followers. And this means your primary focus shifts away from gaining brand awareness. I feel like everybody's main energy online, including brands, is how do we get new? How do we get more followers? How do we get new customers? How do we, how do we get more people to know about what we do instead of what is much more important, which is retaining the customers and audience and true fans that you already have? Do you ever go to a website where you have a subscription, maybe it's a streaming service or it, you know, it's somewhere where you host your files or what, you know, cloud storage or something. And when you go to their site, it's nearly impossible to find the login. The only button that's clear is sign up. What that communicates to me as a user is we don't care about you if you already give us your money. We all feel that. I'm sure you've subconsciously felt that before, but so many creative people are communicating the same thing. We don't care about the followers we have. We only care about the followers we don't have, which is just totally bonkers. The Harvard Business Review says that some studies conclude that it is 25 times more costly to get a new customer than it is to keep an existing customer. And the question then becomes, are you focused on spending 25 times more time on serving and, and connecting with and, and uh, showing up for the people that already love your creative work? Or are you spending all of your time online trying to please people that you have no idea whether they like what you do in the first place. Okay, so everybody, every type of artist has a primary social outlet where your medium is best applied. So for an illustrator, it's probably Instagram. That's a visual medium. It's a visual channel. And illustrators really thrive there. Their work is native to that platform. You know, I love Instagram. I love it because it's made illustrators mainstream in the culture. You know, lots of regular people that aren't illustrators follow illustrators there. But if you're a musician, your primary outlet might be Spotify. And if your primary outlet focus changes from new to true, you're going to completely approach Spotify or Instagram or YouTube or whatever your primary channel is completely and utterly differently because you're not going to see its primary advantage as acquiring new customers and gaining brand awareness. You know, find, you know, your primary objective on Instagram should not be getting new people to hear about you because here's the thing, break it down like this, acquiring a new follower on Instagram 
will cost you more time and energy, aka money, than they will bring you. And so therefore, that, that's going to create sunk cost and it's ultimately a bad business decision because Instagram is no longer optimized for discovery. The rate in which people are following new people on Instagram has dramatically slowed down, but it doesn't mean that it's time to abandon ship. It means that that is not the primary focus on that channel. Instead, shift what you use your primary channel for away from awareness, which is 25 times more costly than keeping the people that already follow you. That's called preventing churn. That's a business word that churn is the rate in which customers leave your ecosystem and quit being your customer. And the way to show up for those people is to focus not on new follower acquisition, but engagement. If you see the, the link between your efforts and the engagement of your audience, you're going to see a calibration. You're going to see the time and energy that you pour into engaging your audience on places like Instagram. You will see the relevant and equal results. And the reason why you want to engage people that already are your customers, yes, they're cheaper to keep and they will make you more money. But what you need to be focused on in that channel is serving them, showing them that you continue to be relevant to what they're interested in and what they followed you for. And then on top of that, just keeping top of mind. Top of mind marketing just means that you continually show up in their inbox or in their feed when they're thinking about purchasing something from someone like you. That's what top of mind is all about. You know, e getting people on your email list or the reason why companies want you on their email list isn't necessarily primarily about making sales every single time an email comes through the inbox. It's just so that when you're ready to make a purchase, when you're ready to buy some new clothes, you think of them because they show up every single week in your inbox. That's called top of mind. That's so much more important that you are top of mind for your true fans than it is getting new fans, especially on channels where it's extremely costly to acquire new followers. It makes so much sense to completely change how you're showing up. So what that looks like is, you know, asking questions, being engaged, creating posts, creating content that is not about sharing, but it is about inviting those people onto the stage. You know, there's this idea in creativity. There's, you know, ego is so rampant in the world of creativity. And it breaks my heart because I think that art isn't about the glorification of the individual, but the connection of the community. And, and ego is the thing that says, I am a different thing than you. One of my favorite shows that I ever went to was Bell and Sebastian. Bell and Sebastian is brilliant, by the way. It's like, you know, very uh, sad for fun, as I like to call it. Um, you know, sensitive men 
singing happy songs that are secretly sad. That's kind of my jam. And uh, But Bell and Sebastian have this history of being incredibly critically acclaimed, cult following, and yet we went and saw them in Cleveland a year, two years ago, and uh, they invited – people up onto the stage. They invited people to be part of the band and the experience. They leveled the stage and the playing field. That's engagement. If that is your effort and your focus, you will see the payoff in results in places like your primary channels. One little note with this primary focus. Yes, I think Instagram is a great place to you know, serve your existing true fans. But I think that you should also make sure that you're siphoning off people from other people's platforms to what, you know, businesses call your own sandbox. Because here's the thing, Facebook can show up and shut down Instagram tomorrow. That probably won't happen. But what will happen is they'll continue to tweak the algorithm and make it costly to show up and serve those people. And so you should always be thinking about how am I siphoning off these people off this platform into my own sandbox? That can be an email list, but it can also be a podcast. And that's that's my primary focus is the podcast when it comes to showing up and uh, you know, preventing churn. I think about the podcast because the podcast, although 70% of the listeners come to the podcast via Apple podcasts, it's actually hosted on my own hosting where this is put out into the world via an RSS feed. Apple podcasts can dramatically, they can, you know, break their own app, but Everybody has plenty of options of places to get their podcasts if that happens. And, and in fact, if all of these secondary platforms shut down, you can still find my podcast on my website. And so that's just the sandbox idea. You want to continually siphon off your pre-existing customers into your own sandbox where you can set the rules because that's just going to set you up long-term in the long game for uh, a stronger, stable foundation for creative success. Okay, the second shift, focus shift that I want you to make to see the calibration between your efforts and results and ultimately dissipate that emotion sickness is to make your secondary focus awareness and not sales. So the first focus we're talking about focusing on the the relationships you already have with your audience and and that's primarily kind of a focus on sales, but you need to separate out uh, that from brand awareness. And the secondary thing, you do got to, here's the thing, you're going to have churn. You're going to have people that used to be your fans that aren't your fans anymore. And there's just endless reasons why that's true. And a lot of those reasons have nothing to do with the quality of what you're providing. It's just life circumstances change, people change, blah, 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 all that stuff happens. And it's not your fault, okay? <laughs> you didn't do anything wrong. But part of staying 
stable and thriving in the long term is making sure you are getting new people into that ecosystem. And, and that should be your secondary focus. And when you're showing up to create brand awareness, to get new people to know about what you do, you shouldn't be focused then also on sales. You can separate these things out. Okay, this is what this actually looks like. And we're going to talk about this idea of arbitrage in a minute because that's really key to making this whole thing work. I have been on TikTok lately. You can find me over there at Andy J Pizza. First of all, let's, you know, I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to do it. Let's just talk about TikTok for one second because, you know, this is just a stupid tip that, you know, it's just not an obvious thing and it changed how I felt about TikTok. So for a long time, I wasn't crazy about it. I actually put it on my phone, deleted it, put it on my phone, deleted it. And the reason why was every time I would show up to that app, I would be served. They have this crazy, the, the crazy thing about TikTok is their discovery function, their algorithm to serve you things you've never seen is really robust and it works really well. And that's what's so powerful about it for creators. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But when you first show up to TikTok, that what they're serving you this new content that you've never seen, it is not tailored to you. And for me, there was a bunch of stuff that was showing up right when I opened the app. And I was like, no, I don't want to see that. You can imagine what kinds of things I'm talking about. But there's a really simple fix. If you hold, if you press and hold those videos, you can click not interested on every single thing that you don't want to see. And really quickly, TikTok's algorithm will will figure out what kind of stuff to serve you and it will be the most choice stuff on the internet. I'm telling you, it is my favorite place to be. People aren't going crazy for TikTok because they're just early adopters who are like, this is the new fancy thing. I know that's what you're thinking. It's not true. It's just a, it's really fun. It's just a nice place to be compared to pretty much every other place on the internet. Uh, and that brings me to my point. Okay. I saw a video on TikTok the other day and it was a musician and the musician was ultimately arguing that TikTok was the new, uh, end all be all of social media and you need to forget about Instagram and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, but I just don't know how to sell tickets to live shows yet. I haven't figured that out, but this is the new thing. Put all of your eggs in this basket. And that is not the right idea in my opinion. Okay. That, that exactly shows where the focus is off. Because we are seeing social media as one thing. We're showing up to one platform and expecting it to be both where we make our sales and gain brand awareness. But if you will separate those out, you're going to see a calibration between the efforts and the results. So here's what I suggest you do when it comes to finding new true fans, finding new uh, customers and, and, and new audience and gaining brand awareness online of people who have never heard of your stuff. And by the way, this point is not about TikTok. In fact, the first point wasn't about Instagram or Spotify. These ideas are completely evergreen. I'm hoping that in 10 years, 
you know, you find this episode and you're like, what the heck is Instagram? But it doesn't matter because the principles remain the same. Your primary focus should be on retainment and, and, and building that strong foundation with your audience. And your secondary focus is about getting new people to find you. And ultimately, figuring out which apps at what times are good for your practice to do each of those things. You know, there's a restaurant business, restaurant owners in my home city of Columbus, Ohio, and they ultimately have three types of restaurants. They have a cheap restaurant that can go in up and coming places where people get to know about their thing. They have a middle tier restaurant that can go serve like their diehard true fans. And then they have their really fancy expensive restaurant that only their elite customers are going to search out. Okay. And that's how you can think about all these different platforms. Instagram is a great place to serve and engage with your audience, your current audience, but you have to be seeking out places where rent is cheap in people's minds. Just like these restaurants, just like my city, there are areas of the city that are up and coming where the rent is cheap. Okay, there are places online where new attention is cheap. Right now, that is a place like TikTok because the algorithm is making it such that lots of people are discovering new things because they need more people on the app. They need people discovering new stuff and buying into the platform. And so the algorithm is set up for that. And therefore, your effort of finding new people will be more than rewarded on platforms like that. Another example, if you're like, dude, TikTok is not for me. I'm not going that direction. YouTube is a great example of you know, podcast, great place to show up and serve your pre-existing audience. YouTube is a great place to get organic traffic, but you got to show up in totally different ways. Your focus has to be different on YouTube. When I started doing YouTube and tinkering over there, what I realized was actually uh, in order to gain a following and get all of that organic traffic on YouTube, you really have to do two things. One, you have to partner with pre-existing YouTubers, but also you have to play the SEO game. You have to play the keyword game, which means making episodes, making videos about things that people are already searching. Now, that's not my strong suit because most of what I like to talk about is strategy and mindset and ideas and philosophy, and people don't go search how to create your creative business you know, theory and philosophy on YouTube. They search, how do you mix gouache in this particular way, right? So I don't make that kind of content. So for me, YouTube isn't the ideal spot to get brand awareness, but TikTok is a place where you go get silly and you know me, baby, I like to get silly and that's a good spot for me to show up, okay? But you have to figure out not how to show up on TikTok, but how do you show up in places where your efforts to get new eyes on your work is worth the time and energy where that effort and result line up when your focus is brand awareness. TikTok happens to be an example of where it's rent in people's minds is cheaper than it is almost anywhere else 
on the internet. And if your focus is to get brand awareness, you should be looking at platforms like that. Now let's talk about arbitrage for a second. Uh, if you don't know what arbitrage means, it's just like, it means where you can buy something for cheap and sell it for more money somewhere else. And it's legal. A lot of our economic system is built on this idea. And, uh, you know, you can think of it like, if you can buy something at Dollar General that that's a dollar and you can sell it on eBay for $2, you've got arbitrage there, okay? And so here's how you can think about things like TikTok or YouTube where they are good parts of your practice without having to focus on selling there. You know, the, the problem that I have with that musician is he's saying, TikTok is everything except I can't convert sales here to live shows and therefore it's broken or therefore it's imperfect or therefore I'm not sure we should put our focus at all here. But if you will show up with the attitude of arbitrage, you can see that you can show up and get brand awareness for your creativity on TikTok where it's cheap, where rent is cheap in people's minds. And if you're good at doing that, you can siphon off those users and that audience to places where you can actually earn money and retain them as true fans. So the focus should be primarily on TikTok, not converting. Primarily, it should be on new people just being aware of what you do. Let me explain how this applies to my TikTok strategy going forward. I put on a video recently. It was about uh, a story I told in the podcast. Now, a lot of the stories on the podcast I tell start with something silly, but end with something heartfelt. And I did that TikTok video that way. But here's the problem. TikTok is a place where people show up for fun, primarily. We're going to talk about that in the focus shift number three in greater detail. But the problem with that video, even though it performed pretty well, I believe my hypothesis is that I should have just cut the video at the end where it was funny, where it was fun where it was what people were showing up for without feeling like I have to close the sale and make them uh, buy into what I'm really all about, which is, you know, a more heartwarming, connected, meaningful message. But I don't have to close every deal like that when my primary focus there isn't to close deals but is just to get on people's radar. That's the top of the funnel. It's the top of the experience. It's, it's the first step of someone coming into the ecosystem of my creative work. And so I can show up there. My next video where I'm going to pour a little more, more time and energy is going to be half of my story. It's just going to be the dumb, funny part. It's just going to be that. And then over time, my secondary focus will be as I build up attention there is to take a portion of that attention and direct it back to Instagram or to my own sandboxes as the people that, you know, the people that show up in the comments regularly over at TikTok, 
those are the kinds of people that I want to be converting into email subscribers or podcast listeners. But I don't have to show up every single time and see that result. And if that is my focus, I will be disappointed because there will be a discrepancy between the efforts that I'm showing up with and the results that I'm looking for. But if I'm just looking for new followers, if I'm just looking for new awareness over there, I will be very in sync. Real quick before we move on, let's talk about loss leaders. So uh, in the business world, the idea of a loss leader is a product that you sell that you actually lose money on, but gets people to be your customer and gets people through the door. So the example that I heard uh, was that Costco, their chicken, actually the price that they sell it for is less than what they pay for it. So they lose money on the chicken. But people, because so many people have chicken as a staple of what they eat, they do that to get people through the door. And then once they're through the door, they know they can make enough money to offset that loss. Now, TikTok and YouTube is probably going to be like that for you. You're not going to see the balance sheet of sales line up in such a way where it's in sync and you feel like, oh, if my effort is to close sales here, that I have succeeded. You're going to see an uh, a, an amount of time and energy spent there that will not result in dollar signs. But if you realize that this is a loss leader for you, that this is just getting people in your metaphorical creative practice doors and into the ecosystem, you will see, if you'll shift that focus, you'll see that it is more than worth it to show up in big ways, in special ways, in fun ways, and in delight people that have never heard of your practice. That's the second focus shift. All right, the final focus shift that will help you get calibrated and help you see how your efforts can pay off in real results is to focus away from looking for the next big thing online to looking for the locations, the multiple locations that are going to work for you for different reasons. Back to that TikTok musician who's like, yo, Instagram is totally dead, man. It's all about TikTok. If only I can figure out how to sell my live shows. He wasn't, he didn't talk like that, but I, <laughs> it makes you sound dumber. I actually think he was cool. He had some good points. I just want to point out that there's a focus here that is potentially causing harm and can lead to, if you're not careful, can be a primary cause of emotion sickness. <laughs> how many times can I say electronic motion sickness? But here's how I want you to shift it away. I want to challenge you to start seeing the, the different ways you can show up and connect to your audience, the platforms, the apps, the websites, whatever it is, instead of looking for the one where all of your dreams are going to come true and you're finally going to blow up and you're going to be able to get new followers and you're going to make all the sales you need and you're going to retain, you're going to connect, you're going to engage. Instead of looking for the end-all be-all, start seeing all of these pathways to your audience as genres 
of film. Nobody thinks this new genre it's going to make all other genres obsolete. No, you probably have a genre that's your favorite, your primary focus, but you're not going to only consume that genre, right? You, there's different things for different purposes. And I just want to go through some of the big players, some of the big hitters, and assign what genre I think corresponds with them to help you just kind of think differently about how to show up, how to, how to think differently about which of these might be a really good fit and you want to invest some energy because that's the kind of genre for the type of stuff that you make. Uh, and then what ones are maybe a secondary thing where it's fun and, and can serve some different purposes. So number one, talk about TikTok again, just real quick. TikTok, I think it's the comedy genre. And this is really freaking important. This is, uh, you know, uh, lots of marketers talk about the native language of an app. It's so important to realize that when I open TikTok, there are creators that create, that are, that are my favorite creatives that make stuff that isn't delightful or entertaining, and therefore I swipe as soon as I see them show up in my feed. And they might be my favorite artist, but when I open TikTok, I am looking for escape and delight and entertainment. That's what I'm looking for. Now, in a second, we'll get to this idea of like, you can, you know, it's really important to understand the native language, to be aware of it, but it doesn't mean that you have to fully obey it. You can, if you're smart, if you're clever, subvert the expectations, but it's difficult. You can get into some trouble there. Uh, let's just go into it right now. Uh, you know, you can show up and you can be the knocked up, you can be the Judd Apatow of TikTok. You know, I'm sure it's possible that people come in for the laughs and they stay for, for the tears, right? Like that's Judd Apatow's whole thing was creating these raunchy comedies that were real comedies. People were showing up and they were laughing, but they didn't expect it to be heartwarming and to have so much heart. And that kind of changed the way that comedy, what we expected comedies to do. But if you say this is a comedy and you don't make people laugh, it doesn't matter how much heart you have, right? So that expectation, you've got to show up. That's a great example is, uh, is Cable Guy. You know, they, Jim Carrey's movie, Cable Guy, really struggled at the box office in the 90s. And it's because they marketed it as a comedy when it was really something, some dark, twisted kind of story, right? Like dark humor at best, but it's not even primarily funny. It's primarily kind of like chilling and weird. And I actually really like the movie, but your expectations are so thrown off that you can't quite enjoy it or engage with it. You have to kind of just ignore it. And that's what happens when you show up to a platform and completely ignore its genre. Now, you know, another just interesting note is M. Night Shyamalan said that he realized, you know, he had this big hit with Sixth Sense. You know, his thing is the twist, right? He, he always has a twist in his movies. But then he struggled with a few films before he got back on track and started having success at the box office again. And he realized that what happened was he was going in with a genre that was high stakes and he all of his twists subvert the expectation of the genre. They change the genre, right? Like Sixth Sense starts as a horror film and ends as like a, a drama, like a heartwarming drama. 
Um, and the problem was after that is that he kept going from high stakes genres to low stakes genres. And it, it makes it underwhelming. And when he figured that out and he flipped it around where he got people to come in thinking they were going to see something chill and ended up being something, you know, thrilling that everything changed. So if you are going to subvert any of these genres, you need to be really intentional and you got to be kind of masterful about that. And I suggest, you know, doing that when necessary or, or, or when it's, it really works for you, but primarily showing up and giving people what they expect uh, in terms of genre when they open an app if you don't want to just be white noise and you don't want to just be, you know, passed up in the feed. So TikTok comedy, Instagram, I feel like it's kind of like a foreign film. You know, it's the palate cleanser. I open Instagram where I'm like, I'm tired of the sickness of online. I'm tired of looking at horrible things. I just want to fill up my brain with nice, pretty, positive things. And that's why I go to Instagram. It's like a palate cleanser of a foreign film where you just, ah, just this is not the trashy American consumerism. It's slow paced. It's, it's tasteful, just like a foreign film. Number three, Twitter. It's kind of like a documentary. It's usually, you know, a documentary is usually made when there's some outrage about current events. That's what Twitter is often like. Four is YouTube. YouTube, I think it's kind of like an action movie because it's all action oriented, like how to do something or it's like a crazy stunt or it's, you know, it's almost always some kind of action oriented thing. If that's your jam, if you want to show people practical, actionable stuff, go make YouTube stuff. If you want to go show them, check out this lightsaber that cuts through a car battery and burns your face off, like that's. <laughs> That's what you go to YouTube for, right? Number five, Facebook. Of course, Facebook's a drama, right? That's where all the drama happens. It's also where, you know, you get the heartwarming videos that get shared 8 million times. Like that stuff doesn't work as well on Instagram. And knowing the genre is going to allow you to show up in different ways, not put any of any, all of your eggs in any of these baskets and, and shift your focus to the right place and cure that electronic motion sickness that we have by thinking that one platform will be everything and make all others obsolete. leave you with one other thought. A few weeks ago on this show, I mentioned my buddy Kyle Sheely and this massive moment that he had on TikTok where he went from 17 followers to a million followers overnight. And it's truly a case of this idea of overnight success that is a decade in the making, right? Like uh, you've heard that quote, from Seneca that says, luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. And the truth is that although he did gain a million followers overnight, the preparation for that moment had been a decade in the making, maybe his entire life. You know, in a way, he had been preparing and creating from an authentic place, from a deep place 
where he's been prepping to be a TikTok star uh, with the content that he's been creating for, you know, like I said, his whole life. And I think that there's maybe one more shift when it comes to showing up online that can help you feel less nauseous about the whole endeavor. And, and that comes from quit being surface level. You know, maybe it is time to, in one way, abandon ship. You know, there's this sense that so many creators online are, are just obsessed with the, what's going on on the surface. It's like Jagged Edge and Nelly, where to party at? They're just trying to show up to where's the next big thing. And they're in their little speedboat trying to find the party before it dissipates. But the creative practice that's going to see a true breakthrough that has a firm foundation works completely differently. And it starts in a much deeper place than the breakout surface. You know, it reminds me watching my buddy Kyle over the years create content that was almost custom tailored for a platform that didn't exist happened from not trying to prep for luck, trying to prep for the next big thing, but just trying to get acquainted with what is truly madly, deeply <laughs> uh, bubbling under the surface by looking inside, by being true to the kind of creative work that, that he makes best, that just flows from him. And it reminds me less like being on a speedboat trying to make sure you find the next pop and party and being more like an underwater volcano that continually erupts with stuff bubbling up from inside you with your creative work and showing up and trying to find places where that stuff will work online over and over and over. He has been making this kind of work and prepping for this kind of stuff before the platform even existed for this kind of material. You know, he's been publishing things to YouTube and Instagram and Vimeo and, you know, all kinds of things, even before Facebook, like he's been doing the work and every single eruption, every single outpouring of this fiery, pure magma from his essence just creates another layer and another layer. And if a underwater volcano does that long enough, eventually what's going to happen, those layers are going to break through to the surface and form an island, an island that has a foundation that goes down to the rock solid bedrock of the ocean floor. When this guy his creativity pops off, they're not going to see some superficial person who just got lucky. They're going to see years of authenticity that says, this is who I am. This is what you can expect from me. And he's not going to just get a bunch of brand awareness. He's actually in the perfect position to siphon off those people into platforms and places where he can show up and connect and give his creative gift to them over the long haul. And so maybe the last shift that needs to happen is a shift away from 
the speed boy, speed boy, <laughs> speed boat, playboy, looking for where to party at it, you know, constantly showing up to the party after it's over. You never feel like that online. It is enough to make you feel nauseous. And instead, shift that focus to what is bubbling up below the surface within you and being true to continually erupting with that creativity. If you do that with intentionality and you continue to show up day after day, eventually those layers are going to mount to something beautiful. And you can't get motion sickness, electronic or otherwise, sitting on a sweet island of your own making. <laughs> uh, that's our island, baby. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And when you siphon those people off into your own sandbox, into your own sandy shores of your own island, you don't need to go find where the party at. You can invite people to your own party. And that's the kind of creative practice that will thrive with a stable foundation in the long haul where your efforts will calibrate and be in sync with your results. Hey, one of the ways you can support the show, if you're selfish like me, if you're selfless, go. you can support the show at patreon.com slash creative pep talk. Uh, <laughs> and uh, if you're selfish and you're like, look, I need something in return for my money. I need that to be in sync. Uh, <laughs> then go to creativepeptalk.etsy.com and you can buy products there. We'll ship them to you, and it helps us keep the lights on and keep the show rolling. It's a win-win, okay? Um, I know you're not selfish. Neither am I. I'm a good person. Uh, I show up every week trying to give you the most pep I can muster. Goodness gracious. Uh, most of the products in our shop, almost all of the posters, um, and our Creative Career Path handbook is printed by Jack prints they're all printed and is are they are print i don't know what the language is but jack prints printed in the great state of ohio my home they do lovely work the print smells delicious i love getting a box from jack prints because i'm never disappointed they do great stuff if you need to get some print stuff done t-shirts hats notebooks pocket sketchbooks posters what stickers go jackprince.com you won't be disappointed thanks jack prince for being our print sponsor huge thanks to yoni wolf and the band y for our theme music shout out to my wife sophie Miller, Sophie Pizza, I don't know what to call her anymore. She runs our shop and, and assists with all the content. Huge thanks to Alex Sugg for our soundtrack. 
Shout out to Ryan Appleton for content assistance and, and, and scheduling and managing sponsorships. Shout out to Jordan Aaron for editing this show so beautifully. Shout out to you for listening and showing up and, and being a part of this community. This whole process is just the biggest gift of my life. I freaking love uh, you know, the Creative Pep Talk community and the Creative Pepperonis. I am thrilled and honored to be able to show up and do this with you. Thank you for not making me uh, electronically motion sick. And until we speak again, stay pepped up.